coming to you with words and teaching that will change your life forever. All things that you will ever need in your life, they're wrapped up in the Word. Go for the Word. You need to understand this thing. And when you get a hold of it, keep saying it. Don't stop talking it. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. The Bible says in the city of Ephesus, so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Can you shout amen? I set the course that I must follow. In the name of Jesus, prosperity is mine. In the name of Jesus, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Pastor Chris, word hearing. God has shown us in his word three kinds of wisdom. And we studied the other day, wisdom is the principal thing. David said that to his son Solomon. He said, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. He said, it will promote you. You've seen some people who have not had any promotion for many years. What they need is wisdom. You say, let me explain something to you. You can be in a job or on a job and you've not been promoted at work for several years. They may have purposely chosen not to promote you. It could have even been some kind of persecution, some kind of punishment, who knows. But that has nothing to do with God's promotion. You see, the Bible says promotion doesn't come from the east or west or south. It says it comes from God. When God promotes you, it doesn't matter what men call you. It doesn't matter what label they put on you. The fact is, God's promotion brings glory, brings honor into your life. And even people who are senior to you will begin to look at you and say, Surely the Lord had promoted thee. Hallelujah. That's the truth. That's the truth. Didn't you read it? That a man was brought out of prison by the name of Joseph? And the king listened to these prisoners who was what we call a house boy. He was from there. He was put in prison. He was Potiphar's house boy. Did you get that? That's what he was. He went from there to prison because somebody told lies about him. And when he came out of prison, by invitation of the Pharaoh and spoke, hmm, 
according to the wisdom that was granted him, which gave him insight into mysteries and secrets. Are you there? He uttered those mysteries and secrets. And Pharaoh said, Could there be anybody wiser than this? Could there be anybody more discreet than this? Then he said to Joseph, Now you take charge of the kingdom at your word. Throughout Egypt, only at your word will anybody do this or that. He said, I'm the only one who will be higher than you. So Pharaoh became the president and Joseph became the prime minister. He became the head of government. How? By phronesis. We read it the other day. Man put him in prison. But God lifted him. Hallelujah. So we're looking at these. Um, we've gone quite far in our study. And uh, now we're talking about the spirit of wisdom. The spirit of wisdom. I am aware that there are a few translations, very few of them, that render that construction uh, in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 17 where it talks about the spirit of wisdom. And those few translations call it spiritual wisdom. But it's wrong. Why are they wrong? Because wisdom in itself is spiritual, whether it is positive or negative. Whether it is the wisdom of men or the wisdom of the world or the wisdom of the devil, it's something that is introduced through the spirit of man. All right? That's what the Bible talks about, the spirit of the world, the worldly spirit. So wisdom, whether positive or negative, is in itself spiritual. So it doesn't make sense to say spiritual wisdom. Okay? Because it's, you're dealing with the spirit of wisdom. Hallelujah. But then, um, it's also important for us to understand that wisdom is not a function of the mind. Some people think that wisdom is a function of the mind. It's a big mistake. Wisdom is not a function of the mind. See, the wisdom we're dealing with here is the, what we will call the highest form of wisdom. That is the wisdom that you can live by. First of all, Sophia is not a function of the mind. Okay? It is that wisdom that is given to you in your spirit. Then we talk about the analytical wisdom. Even that is not so much a function of the mind, 
in its perfection. But you see, you have to also understand the lower levels of wisdom. What you call brain work. Okay? It's like knowledge. You have knowledge from mental activity. You study and you gain knowledge. But then there's revelation knowledge. So we're looking at the wisdom that God puts in a man's spirit. We're looking at the condition of a man's spirit, not his reasoning ability. Because when a man's spirit is acted upon by the Holy Ghost, and the light of God dawns on it, on that spirit, then his mind, which is the doorway to his spirit, or the door of the spirit to his body or his environment, will at the same time be flooded with light. Are you getting this? His mind will be flooded with light. So he becomes aware. Hallelujah. Remember when we were dealing with different kinds of knowledge. And uh, the three kinds of knowledge. We talked about idol. And I said, that's when the knowledge of whatever it is has now come home. It has become part of all your knowings. Which means your mind can now relate with it. When the Bible talks about renewing your mind, you renew your mind according to knowledge. First, your spirit receives revelation, and then you meditate so that you can condition your mind to accept this new truth, which he cannot explain. <laughs> Do you understand that? He cannot explain it, but he has accepted it. Now he can act on it. So, such knowledge doesn't originate from the mind. The mind is called upon to meditate and condition itself to it. So, he says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transfigured by the renewing of your mind. So, it is uh, an action, the man's action on the word of God by meditation. So, he exchanges his previous Knowledge or understanding for the new thought given to him from God. For example, he has always thought sickness was for everybody. Everybody got sick. Everybody had malaria. If the mosquito beat you, you got malaria. So it was normal. It was for everybody. Um, if you work much under the, stu- under the sun, you'd have a headache. So it's normal. Everybody gets a headache. So he thinks that way. He's been thinking that way. Then he begins to hear the word of God. And that word goes into his spirit. He opens his mind for the word of God to go into his spirit. He accepts it as reality. Because the Bible says, with the heart man believeth. You can't believe with your mind. You believe with your heart. Alright? And that's your spirit. So he believes it in his spirit. He has accepted it. 
But now if he's going to live by it consistently and continually, the Bible says he has to be conformed to the Word. His mind will have to be renewed. So I stopped thinking of being subject to malaria. I now start thinking I'm a new creation. I've believed it. I've accepted it. Now I think that way. I condition myself to think that way. You see that? Now, my thinking that way is that synesis, okay? I'm reasoning it. Then what happens is it's, it now conditions my spirit. What do I get? A mindset, phronesis. Now you can't take it from me. This is now my behavior. This is my natural response to anything. Now I'm beaten by a mosquito. I do not think malaria. I just can't think that way. Why? I have had the synesis in my ability to comprehend the word of God. So I respond differently. I respond differently. I think success. I think prosperity. I think victory. I see life in one direction only. Some people say life is ups and downs. Well, I don't think so. That's your, that's your phrenesis. That's your mindset. I don't have that mindset. I don't think that way. I have a different mindset. I think success only. Someone says, can somebody just only think success? Well, that's my mindset. <laughs> that's the way I think. I can't think otherwise. You see, I left that up and down life a long, long time ago. I can't think ups and downs. I don't think that way. Sometimes good and sometimes bad. Sometimes evil and sometimes good. Well, I don't think that way. That's your, that's your mentality if you think that way. That's the phronesis you have. Poor phronesis. <laughs> I think progress, success, victory, abundance. I think light. I think righteousness. I think in one direction. But you see, that's what the Bible calls the wisdom, the phronesis of the righteous. You have the wisdom of man. Now the wisdom of man is the kind that tells you ups and downs, good and evil. It's always two, good and bad. Always two. You experience this, you experience that. It's always this way and that way. But I've been called out of the world. I don't belong there. Hallelujah. Three kinds of wisdom. Amen. Say amen. amen. Oh, glory to God. I walk in the light. Light is wisdom. I walk in the light. I've got light. I've got light. I've got light. I do not walk in confusion. Or oh, are there some things I may not know? Oh, yes, maybe at the present. Maybe at the present. Maybe at the present. So if I require that knowledge, what do I do? I begin to draw from within me. First, I speak in other tongues. Several times I'm going to, I'm going to speak those words concerning that thing. I'm going to speak words about it out in other tongues. Then I begin to get the interpretation. Glory to God. As I take a piece of paper and a pen, and then get ready, because you're going to speak in other tongues and bring forth mysteries. 
mysteries. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. That wisdom is insight into mysteries. The wisdom of God, the spirit of wisdom will bring you what? Insights into mysteries. He will give you insight into mysteries and secrets. I said he's not talking about the secrets of your mother-in-law. God has shown me the secret. God has shown me the secret. What they have been doing against me, stop it! God is higher than that. He doesn't think of the realm of your enemies. Oh, my enemies. Oh, my enemies. Your enemies. (laughs) When you are small, you think about your enemies. No, imagine. How can can I be thinking about my enemies? Enemies. Who are they? Where are they? I can't find them. (laughs) Hallelujah. I know some people say, well, uh, there are enemies. There are enemies. There are enemies. When you're concerned about your enemies, you don't know God. You don't know God. He already told you about the devil. And what did he say about the devil? He said, resist the devil and he will flee from you. He didn't say resist the devil and he'll fight you back. He said, resist the devil and he will flee. He told you what will happen. He said he will flee. Satan will flee. He said, no weapon fashioned against you shall prosper. When you don't know that, you'll be praying about your enemies. Oh, my enemies will not see my downfall. Oh, my enemies will not, my enemies. (laughs) You are a baby. (laughs) Only spiritual babies talk like that about their enemies. He said, I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. Isn't that what he said? Even spiritual adolescents ought to know they have overcome the wicked one. So my enemy, my enemy, my enemy, you don't see my tears. My enemy, my enemy, my enemy, you see my promotion, my enemy. <laughs> you don't need that. Hello? Hi. Say this with me. Satan is not a factor. Satan is not a Say it again. Satan is not a factor. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. He's not a factor. He doesn't count. Amen. See, when you start talking about your life, Satan doesn't come in the picture. Leave him out. He's defeated. And you have your foot on his neck. Hallelujah. All right. Now, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 17. Let's look at it again. It says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. All right? Now, that spirit of wisdom is, is brings you into a special kind of knowledge. In other words, he gives you insights. It says the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Now, again, the word and before revelation doesn't have to be and it could be for it could be with in the greek all right they didn't have to put and there so you could read it this way and it's even better 
the spirit of wisdom for revelation in the knowledge of him because it's a special kind of knowledge epignosis it's a special kind of knowledge it's knowledge with relationship knowledge with participation so when you understand what type of knowledge is talking about then you realize why it should be read differently but then he says the spirit of wisdom for revelation the spirit of wisdom bringing you revelation which he calls insight into mysteries and secrets that's why the greek word that's used there is apocalypsis okay it means an unveiling an uncovering for example if you if you study in um, uh, daniel chapter 10 from verse 1 can you can you look at it for a moment is in daniel chapter 10 all right i want you to read verse 1 have you seen verse 1? Okay, I want you to read it. <laughs> he says, In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed. In the Septuagint, the Greek word there is apokalupto. Now, that means to uncover. He says, a thing was uncovered. Okay? So that's the same thing he's talking about. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. Okay? It means to unveil, to uncover. So, he uncovers mysteries. He uncovers, he unveils mysteries and secrets. That's what the spirit of wisdom will do for you. And the spirit of wisdom is one of the seven spirits of God. The spirit of wisdom is one of the seven spirits of God. And every Christian ought to have the seven spirits of God. Are you there? Now these seven spirits of God, when you study in Isaiah chapter 11 and read verses 1 and 2, you'll understand how... They have been listed there. Would you turn there? Isaiah chapter 11. And verse 2. Can you read it to me? One, two, go. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. And, and there, just a moment. And after the word him, do you have a full stop or a comma? Good. So, the Spirit of the Lord, that's one. And then the spirit of two and understanding three that's the spirit of understanding good the spirit of counsel four the spirit of might five the spirit of knowledge six the spirit of the fear of the Lord seven these are the seven spirits of God 
Hallelujah. These are the seven spirits of God. Every Christian ought to have the seven spirits of God. That's the fullness of the spirit. What do you mean by seven spirits of God? They are the seven manifestations of the spirit. Seven distinct independent manifestations of the spirit of God. Like back in the old in the Old Testament, God revealed himself to the children of Israel through several names. He revealed himself in several names. But he was one God. Even though they knew him as Adonai. They knew God as uh, uh, Jehovah Shammah. Or they knew him, his name was El Shaddai. They knew all of those names, but they always said, the Lord our God is one God. Different names by which he revealed his character, independent character. If he dealt with you as Jehovah Rapha, it was very, very different from if he dealt with you as Jehovah Shalom. Do you understand? As though he was a different God, but he was the same God. The same God. Now we have this Holy Spirit who operates and manifests himself in seven different spirits. The Bible says there are, it says upon one stone shall be seven eyes. That's the prophet Zechariah speaking when you read in his, in his prophecy, the third chapter, you read the ninth verse. He lets us understand this. Now the book of Revelation, when you read chapter 5 and verse 6, he tells us that these eyes, these seven eyes are the seven spirits of God. Then it says they are sent out into all the earth. So they are working everywhere in the world today through his children. So when the Bible tells, tells us to be filled with the Spirit, he's not just talking about all the space we have. I told you the other day when we were reading in uh, Ephesians 3rd chapter, 19th verse, where it talked about being filled with the fullness of God. Okay? I said it wasn't just talking about loading, loading the ship to its full capacity. It was more than that. He also meant that everything that was supposed to be there, everything that was supposed to be born, was there. So not only are we being feared to ensure there is no empty space, as it were, but that everything that should fill the space is inside. Did you get that? It says to be filled with the fullness of God. The fullness, the full load of God. Everything is complete. Now he's given us the fullness of the Spirit. And the fullness of the Spirit refers to the seven spirits of God. You must have all of them. 
in your life. Now, does that mean that when I receive the Holy Spirit, that I say, oh Lord, Holy Spirit, now that I've received you, uh, you are one, I need the other six. No, that's not what he's saying. That's not what he's saying. Here, he's talking about the revelation of that spirit being granted you. The manifestation, the operation of that spirit being granted you. Why? Because he doesn't have to show up. It's between you and God. Hey, 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 what's this? this? Come on, let me show you something. If you would read in Numbers chapter 27... Numbers chapter 27. Let's read. Are you there? Verse 18. And the Lord said unto Moses, Take thee Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay thy hand upon him. Look at that. He says, I want you to take Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the Spirit. And lay your hands on him. Joshua had the Spirit. What Spirit is he talking about? Do you remember when God sent the twelve, when Moses sent the twelve spies to go spy out the land, the land of Canaan? And uh, when he came back, ten of them said, We can't take it. Um, we were as grasshoppers, and the people there were as giants. But there were two men who spoke differently. Joshua and Caleb. And the Bible says they had a different spirit. They had a different spirit. I like that. They had a different spirit. Now he says, a man in whom is the Spirit. He said, lay your hands on him. Why did God want Moses to lay his hands on Joshua? I thought he said Joshua had the Spirit. He said Joshua had the Spirit. And so why does Moses have to lay his hands on him? Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 34. Deuteronomy chapter 34. I want you to read verse 9. One to go. Did you see that? He says, And Joshua the son of Nun was full of the spirit of wisdom. For Moses had laid his hands upon him, and the children of Israel hearkened unto him and did as the Lord commanded Moses. That's why God asked Moses to lay his hands on Joshua, even though Joshua was said to be a man who had the Spirit. Now, just because he had the Spirit didn't mean that he had the Spirit of wisdom. Why? Because the Spirit of wisdom is a different spirit. Are you still there? Now he has not stated there what spirit exactly he was referring to. But we do know he's talking about a good spirit anyway. It still has to do with the spirit of God. All right? But 
Here he says, I want you, talking to Moses, he said, I want you to lay hands on the man Joshua, in whom is the Spirit. Now, in Deuteronomy, we're told that Joshua had the Spirit. He was full of the Spirit of wisdom. And then he says, because Moses had laid his hands on him. So now we know where the Spirit of wisdom came from. Moses laid hands on him. So the man had the Spirit of wisdom. Hallelujah. Now look at that prayer that Paul's praying for the Ephesian church. He says, I pray to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, okay, that he will give you, grant you, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. But these Ephesian people had already received the Holy Ghost. So they were already Christians. So why is Paul praying that they be given this? Now, let's suppose for a moment that we remove the word spirit from there. Okay? We will still have, I pray to God, to grant you wisdom. But didn't he already say that Christ had been made unto them wisdom from God? And so why is he asking them, why is he praying for them? He's talking about the operational wisdom. So he says, the spirit of wisdom to be granted you so that you can be led into the mysteries of God. So you begin to understand the mysteries of God. There are mysteries that God's children have been given the right to know. Jesus said, unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. He says, but to those who are outside, meaning those who do not believe in Jesus Christ, he said, it is not given. But for you, it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. There are mysteries. Oh, hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. For example, we lay hands on the sick and they recover. That's a mystery. That's a mystery. But it works. We talk to deaf ears. How can you talk to a deaf ear? We talk to deaf ears. We tell the deaf ear to open up and it opens up. How come? That's a mystery. How do you explain that? How can you heal a deaf ear by talking to it? No, are you there? How do you heal a deaf ear by talking to the deaf ear? Is there anybody with a deaf ear here? If you have a deaf ear, wherever you are right now, raise your hand. No, 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 let's, come on, come on, let's, let's look at something. Who's got a deaf ear? You have one deaf ear. When you listen, you listen with only one ear. Anybody? You don't want it open? Is there anybody? All right, that's one. Who else? Who else? All right, that's another. The who else? Anybody else? There's one there? Okay. There's one there. All right. Put your finger in the ear. Put your finger. Please be reverent. Please be reverent. It's very important to be reverent. Put your finger 
in the ear that is deaf. And just keep it there. Raise the other hand. Just raise your other hand and thank Him. Because God is merciful and He will open your ear now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I command the deafness to go. Ear, open up. Open up. Open up now. Be unstopped. Now, close. Close the one that was good. Open the other one. Close, close, close the one that was good before. Okay? And open the one that was bad. All right. Now, you hear me in the name of Jesus. Now, as you hear me, you that are hearing me now, come forward. You can hear me with the ear that was deaf because it's already open. It's open. You can ask someone close to you, someone close to them, talk, talk, to the, talk to them right there where they are because they can hear me. You can hear me. You can hear me. You can hear me. You're hearing from the, from, the, from the ear that was bad before. You can come here now. Come here now. If you can hear now from that one that was, was bad. Because it's open. You can hear from both ears now. From both ears. Talk to him on both sides. So I, I said hello. He said hi from both sides. From both sides. Okay. All right. There's another. There's another guy there. Bring them closer. Bring them closer so we can we can see them. All right. What about the the next man? Yeah. You can hear now. Test him too. You have a microphone with you? Good. Hello. No, don't talk into the microphone. You talk into his ear and let him respond with the microphone. That was the ear that was deaf. That was the ear that was bad. Praise God. That's great. What about you? That ear was deaf? That ear was deaf. Praise God. Well, somebody say hallelujah. All right. We're talking three kinds of wisdom. Are you still there? Jesus is wonderful. Hallelujah. Can I tell you something? This is no little miracle. It's a big miracle. Because nobody can do it for you. 
all right so here's what I'll tell you to do I want you to give God praise listen to me give God praise the best way you can thank him and thank him and thank him are you hearing me thank him forget about everybody else here now and start thanking him because nobody can do this for you thank him with all your heart give him praise Go and give your testimony. God bless you. Sit down. All right, now you look here. Did it work? I told you. How can you talk to a deaf ear and then the deaf ear respond? How can you have a deaf ear respond? How can a deaf ear be healed? by you talking to the deaf ear. I said, it's a mystery. Now, it's the same thing that happens when we find ourselves in any, any situation. The question is never, will God do something? Does he want to do something? The question is always, how much can we believe? All right, let me ask you a question. Why was I not afraid that what if it doesn't happen? How could I do it with your eyes open and you're looking at everybody? Why? Because I've come to believe the Word. I've come to know the Word does not fail. Many people think the Word might fail. That's the reason why they, didn't, they don't put all their confidence in the Word. Because they're not sure. They think it might fail. But it cannot fail. It doesn't fail. What we have to do is to learn to trust God. You learn to trust God. You learn to put your faith to work. It just cannot fail. Hallelujah. Are you still there? And that's what the spirit of wisdom will do for you. The spirit of wisdom would give you insight into mysteries and secrets. I don't want you to forget that. That's what the spirit of wisdom will do for you. The next thing it will do for you, so that's why we, we, we use that word apocalypsis, all right? For revelation. It will bring you revelation. The spirit of wisdom will bring you revelation. Okay? Then in verse 18, he says, That the eyes of your understanding, being enlightened. Have you noticed that? Okay. Being enlightened. The Greek word is fortizo. Meaning, having light thrown on something. It's an illumination. Now, look at the difference between the two. The first one 
is something that's covered. And then we open it. He says the Spirit of God will open it for us to see what's inside. He'll unveil the mystery. So, wow, now I can see it. Apocalypsis. You see it? It's a revelation. It's been unveiled. Oh, the Holy Spirit in His manifestation in my life of the Spirit of wisdom will do this for me. He will unveil secrets, unveil mysteries to me. Now I can know what's there. It's been uncovered. I read it to you. It says, a thing was uncovered to Daniel. Hallelujah. Actually, the word, the Greek version doesn't say a thing was uncovered to Daniel. He says, the word. He tells us it was the word. It says, the word. Another version says, a word was uncovered, revealed to Daniel. But King James translation there from the Hebrew text says a thing was revealed to Daniel. All right. So that's apocalypsis. Okay. Now the second one, that's in verse 17. In verse 18, where it says, the eyes of your understanding. Now this is something that many of God's children need. And that's the reason he was praying for them. It says the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, being flooded with light. Now, that means there is a darkness in my understanding. You get it? There is a darkness about my understanding. There are things that I don't know. In the first one, something is unveiled. Mysteries are unveiled. The cover is taken off so I can see it. In this second one, it is, it is covered with darkness. Not a veil, not a cover really. It, it is shielded away from me, hidden from me because of the darkness. I cannot see it because of the darkness. So he says, turn the light on it. You see that? So the light is put on it. And I can see it. Oh, why? There was darkness, so I didn't see what was there. Now, the light is thrown on it. The rays come on it. And now I can see. Oh, look at it. Because of the light. So the Greek word is fortizo. The eyes of your understanding being flooded with light. He says, let the light be turned on in your understanding. Oh, praise God. Oh, praise God. Do you know what that makes us? Do you know what that turns us into? When your understanding, the eyes of your understanding, the eyes of your spirit become flooded with light. It's like Solomon. The Bible says nothing was hid from the king that he could not explain to the queen of Sheba. She came with hard questions to test him. That's what the Bible says. He says, but nothing was hid from the king. That means his mind, his understanding had been flooded with light. There was no area of darkness that the king could not understand. Nothing was hidden from him. 
No darkness. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Mysteries are unveiled to us. Dark areas are illuminated. Think about it. What a life. And this is what he prayed for. This is what the Spirit prayed for. Prayed for the church that we should have. So that when you're on your own and you're meditating, hey, everything is unveiled to you. Everything is clear to you. No darkness. No wonder the Bible says in him there is no darkness at all. In him, no darkness at all. But in many people, so much darkness. There's darkness about their business. There's darkness about their finances. There's darkness about their, their family. There's darkness. So many things they don't understand. They walk in darkness. Darkness about the, the contract they just got. They didn't know how to execute it right. They got into trouble. Darkness. Darkness. But he says, I pray that the eyes of your understanding, being flooded with light, that you may know, become aware of the hope of his calling. Not only that, he tells us because of this, we can become aware of the awesome power. Ah, let me, let's read it. Visions chapter 1. I'm reading it to you from, from the Amplified. I want you to listen. 17. For I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation, of insight into mysteries and secrets, in a deep and intimate knowledge of him, by having the eyes of your heart flooded with light, so that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you, and how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints. He set apart once. And so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness. Hey, uh, look, 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 he says immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe. As demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. He wants us to know that power. He wants it to become our experience in life. The resurrection power. Immeasurable. Unlimited. Think about it. Surpassing power. And he wants us to walk in the light of that power. He says that power was demonstrated at the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And yet it has been given to us to live by. But it says only when our eyes, the eyes of our spirit, become flooded with light can we understand this. Otherwise we'll be walking as defeated people. The rich begging for bread. Think about it. How many of you today might be begging for money to transport yourself home? Think about it. Who knows? 
How many are going to be begging for money to execute a contract? Who knows? How many will be begging for this and begging for that? The rich begging. But they do not know they are rich. He said, they know not, neither will they understand. He said, they walk on in darkness. He said, I have said ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. He said, but you shall die like men. Why? Because they know not. That's why children of God die of cancer, die of all kinds of sicknesses, all kinds of ailments. Seek and die. And even as I speak now, there are those who are afflicted. Afflicted. They're suffering so much pain. The pain is so much they can't even pray anymore. But what does the Bible say? So I pray that the eyes of your understanding, the eyes of your spirit, will be flooded with light. As I'm speaking now, light is coming into your spirit. Oh, yes. Because you're being enlightened by the Word of God. That's how that happens. You start understanding things that the ordinary mind cannot understand. There are people who hear this kind of things and they argue. But you hear and you believe. You hear and you believe. That's the reason such, a, such miracles you just saw now could happen right before your eyes. That's the way it happened in Jesus' day. Nothing was impossible. Everything was under the power, under the dominion of the Son of God. And then he said, I have overcome the world. He said, go ye therefore and make students of the nations. He said, as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. So you take that authority and you go to the office. You take that authority and you hit the streets. You're out on the job. You're out on business. But you know who you are. The wisdom of God is working in me. Illuminating my mind. Unveiling mysteries to me. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Nebuchadnezzar said, I had a dream. If I don't get the interpretation, I'm going to kill everybody. And all the wise men were going from place to place. They told him, all right, now, O king, please, before you harm anybody, tell us your dream, and we will give you the interpretation. King Nebuchadnezzar said, you think I'm a fool? If I tell you the dream, you will lie. You will give me false interpretation. He said, before I know that you are so wise, he said, tell me my dream. He said, if you can tell me what I dreamt, then you will be right with the interpretation. The wise man said, ah, nothing like that in this world has ever happened before. How can somebody tell you your dream? Daniel said to the king's servant, please 
tell the king to give us a few more days. He said, there is a God in heaven who reveres secrets. He gives apocalypses. Do you understand? He gives revelation. He said, there is a God in heaven. Please tell the king to hold on. He said, I will pray together with my folks, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He said, we will fast and pray. And they fasted and prayed. And God gave to Daniel the king's dream and the interpretation. And then he came before the king. All the king's wise men were sitting. And Daniel told the king his dream. The king said, excellent. That's exactly what I dreamt. <laughs> and he gave the king the interpretation. And what did they say about Daniel? They said he had an excellent spirit. The spirit of wisdom is that excellent spirit. Look at it. He says he will give you insight into mysteries and secrets. The Bible says the secret things belong to God. The things that are revealed belong to us and to our children. So we're playing with them. But there are secret things that belong to God. And the only way you can know those things, the Bible says, who knows the mind of the Lord except the Spirit of God? So nobody knows the mind of God. Nobody knows the things of God except the Spirit that is of God. But that Spirit has come to dwell in us. Oh, hallelujah. No wonder Jesus said he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. He will guide you into all reality, into all truths. Somebody said, I've received the Holy Spirit. So why have I not been guided into all truth? Because that is the spirit of wisdom. You haven't functioned with him yet. And that's why I'm introducing him to you. You can talk in tongues and never know the spirit of wisdom. There are many Christians who don't know the spirit of faith. But the spirit of faith functions with the spirit of wisdom. The spirit of understanding functions with the spirit of wisdom. The spirit of counsel functions with the spirit of wisdom. Many only know the spirit of might. Look at Samson. He lacked the spirit of wisdom. But he had the spirit of might. He lacked the spirit of counsel, but he had the spirit of might. Suddenly the spirit of God came mightily upon Samson. And he took a jawbone of an ass and destroyed 1,000 men of war. The miraculous took place. But Samson was broke. No wisdom. That's why there are many Christians, and including ministers, who have the miraculous... The great power of God is shown in their lives. They lack phronesis. So they wonder, what is the problem? I've been a Christian many, many years. Why isn't this working out? They know everything, and yet they have nothing. They know everything, and yet things are not working out right. Why? They, have, they haven't had fellowship with the spirit of wisdom. This spirit of wisdom... 
will give you insight into mysteries. Those questions you are still asking, he will answer them. He will make sure your understanding gets flooded with light. He will explain to you. Didn't you read it? He said, I am understanding. He said, counsel is mine. Which means you will never know the spirit of understanding nor know the spirit of counsel until you know the spirit of wisdom. He says, I go with both of them. So every time the spirit of wisdom shows up, he doesn't come alone. You have many Christians, they're talking in tongues, but they lack wisdom. Is the spirit of wisdom that gives you that phronesis. See, without that, there's no movement. Your life will be in the same place. Ten years, you'll be the same. When you speak, people are angry. When you utter words, it's like the word of foolishness. What is she saying? What is he saying? People are upset because there's something about you. Meanwhile, you're speaking in tongues. You have the Holy Spirit. There are other manifestations of the Holy Spirit in your life. Beautiful manifestations. Oh, when you worship, it's like wonderful. You know? You sing, it's like heaven has come down. But, phronesis, mm-mm. Why? Because you have ignored the spirit of wisdom. And he says, they that ignore me, he said, they shall smart for it. They shall suffer for it. Hallelujah. Oh, how you need the spirit of wisdom. This is the way, you see, the, the way Paul prayed for the Ephesian church. That's the way you ought to pray for your kids. I pray God to grant you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. Because if you know God, you know everything, brother. That's the way you pray. That's the way you pray. If you recognize him, he says he'll promote you. Come on, let's, let's go there. Proverbs chapter 4. Have you seen it? Verse 8. Let's read from verse 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor. And when thou dost embrace her, she shall give to thy head an ornament of grace. A crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. You won't struggle for it. He will deliver it to you. Hallelujah. A crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Are you going to give wisdom place in your life? Lastly. So, I've told you, he brings you what? Apocalypsis. And it brings you what? Fortizo. Okay. The last one. This is nice. He brings you, I already just mentioned it really. He brings you counsel. Counsel. Counsel and direction. The spirit of wisdom will bring you counsel and direction. Have you ever seen people who just, they cry and cry. What they need in their life is direction. They look like they are on a journey to nowhere. You know, they know that they have no direction in their lives. They are working, yes. They are living, yes. Everything is going on. But 
Somehow, there's no direction. They don't know what to do next. That's why you need the spirit of wisdom. You bring you counsel. Acts chapter 16. Are you there? Who's found it? Thank you. Let me read it to you here. Acts chapter 16. Now, when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. Can you imagine that? The Bible says the Holy Spirit stopped them from preaching the word in Asia. There's what you call specific direction. You know, a lot of times we find ourselves just living generally. We live on the general knowledge of God's word. But there is specific guidance for each one of us. You know, some people say, well, um, now that I am XYZ, I ought to get this job now. This is the next thing I want to do. Okay, I want to take this exam. Uh, uh, I want to get married. Um, you know, things they feel it's time to do because the normal life around them says that is it. Why don't people ask themselves a question? Not simple question is, why do so many people suffer? I don't know if you listen to the news sometimes. There's no day that passes by without several people dying. Every day. At least, if it doesn't happen anywhere else, it will happen in Iraq. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. So why do so many people suffer in life? They don't act with wisdom. The Bible says Paul and his folks here were traveling together in that they were forbidden of the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Sometimes you find you want, you, you want to talk to somebody and the Spirit of God stops you. Have you ever had that counsel from within? The Holy Spirit brings you counsel from within. That's what we're talking about. Advice. And usually it's a strong voice when it talks to you. Come on. Look at the next verse. After they were come to Messia, they are said to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. The Spirit permitted them not. This is wisdom. The Bible says the Spirit didn't allow them. Has there been anything in your life that the Spirit didn't allow you and you knew it was the Spirit? You know, most of the time we find ourselves knowing only after the experience that it was God. Why can't we know ahead? We ought to. That's the way these folks lived. They wanted to go and preach the word in Asia. The Holy Ghost said no, so they stopped. They said, all right. We go to Bithynia. The Spirit didn't permit them. So they stopped. So now they're waiting for guidance. No, the guy carries his things. I'm, I'm, I'm going to UK. I must go. So he packs his things. And he goes. Then he gets to the UK to be living a life from hand to mouth. No house, nothing. 
moving in the streets for nothing. Lack of phronesis. Going to America. Somebody said, well, I got this, what they call it, green, green something? Something for green card, huh? Visa lottery. Yeah. He says, I won the visa lottery. If it's not the will of God, how can he give it to me? hey Look at you. That you got the visa lottery is no proof at all that God has anything to do with it. Did God apply? You see, I, I, I got the visa, so I have to travel now. After all, it's God that gave it to me. He got, he got him, bring it. He got him, bring it. He got him, bring it. How will I get it? He got him, bring it. There are many people that are asking for it. I'm one of the few people that got it. So now, you believe that because you got the visa lottery, God is in it. <laughs> I laugh at you. It's no proof at all. I know somebody is thinking of what to do with this visa now. <laughs> the visa lottery that you collected by yourself. Go. Remember Lot. Jesus said in his teaching when he was. Uh, giving them uh, some eschatology. He said, remember Lord's wife. That's where he stopped. It's a verse of scripture. So I'm saying to the such fellows, remember Lot. Where did he end up? In a hole. He ended in a cave. He was too ashamed to go back to Zohar. He was too ashamed to go into the city and ask for anything. The time comes in your life when you have so walked outside of the will of God and you end up in a cave like Lot. You wouldn't even have the boldness to call those that know you to say, please help me. Rot in there and die there. Or die and rot in there. Is it? Which comes first? <laughs> you see. Serious trouble, brother. Isaac, everybody was packing out of Gera. Isaac also started getting these things. The economy of this nation has turned upside down. While he was packing his things, God stepped in. Oh. Oi. Oh. Why? Because God remembered Abraham. So he stepped in. He said, Isaac, I know everybody's getting out of town. He said, don't go. Stay here. He said, stay here. He said, I'll give all these countries into your hands. Isaac put his things back. The servants came and said, aren't we moving, sir? He said, relax. God just spoke to me to remain. Remain here? I said, yeah. Then God began to bless him. The Bible says the man grew and was great and became very great. The Bible says he went forward. I like that. I like that. Until the Philistines envied him. He became so great. He could have acted like Lot. Lack of phronesis. Every morning you are at the embassy. Don't worry. Ticket to trouble. 
Did God say go? Hey, must God say? Must God say something? So, can't somebody go to where he wants to go again? <laughs> can't somebody go to where he wants to go? They be asking somebody, did God say? Did God say? <laughs> okay. After some years, you will understand. No problem. You just got a job. You are moving. Can't you ask yourself, is this of the Spirit? Once they have offered you higher amount of money, higher pay, right away, you just, I'm resigning from this one. You are accepting that other one. Continue. That's not the way of the Spirit. A spiritual man thinks differently. A spiritual man thinks differently. Thanks be unto God, we have this spirit of wisdom to show us, give us insight into the mysteries surrounding this, uh, uh, what do you call it, this job that you have just gotten. This appointment, this new appointment. I got admission into American University. Now you're looking for money everywhere. You must pay this $30,000 so that you can travel. Continue. You will borrow on everybody's neck until... <laughs> Just go on. Go on. You've just collect you've you just got admission into university of somewhere in, in the UK. Okay. Okay. After three years, we will know whether you are still in that university. What am I saying? Everything in your life requires the guidance of the Spirit. Everything in your life requires the guidance of the Spirit. So you hear it once. I said, be synchronized with the Spirit of God. Be in His timing. And it's easy. It's very easy. I thought on that in the, in the second service. You synchronize yourself with the Spirit of God. Make sure you get the tapes. Hallelujah. So here he shows us how that the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God didn't permit them to preach the word in Asia or to go into Bithynia. Hallelujah. All right, when you study in Acts, the 13th chapter, you read from the first verse down to the fifth verse, you find how that some of these prophets and teachers. Paul, the apostle, being one of them, and uh, he was there with Barnabas. And the Bible tells us, while they were praying and fasting, they were there together, praying and fasting, the Holy Spirit spoke and said, separate unto me Paul and Barnabas. Somebody said, God said, separate Paul and Barnabas. I said, he didn't say that. He said, separate Paul and Barnabas. I said, didn't say that. He said, separate Paul and Barnabas unto me. Not separate Paul and Barnabas. <laughs> the two of them were to be separated from the others for a certain work of the ministry. He didn't say separate the two of them. Hallelujah. Okay. So, that's what the Spirit of God said. He spoke. If you read in Acts, the 11th chapter, I believe the 12th verse, 
Peter said, the Spirit bade me go. He said, the Spirit asked me to go. They have this confidence in the Holy Spirit. They have this confidence, absolute confidence. What about Philip? The Spirit of God spoke to him and said, there was a chariot. He said, join thyself to that chariot. Do you know which bus to enter? They said the Christian brother, he just he was going to work, came out, entered one bus, and the bus was full of thieves. Then they started beating him, beating him, beating him, collected all these things and kicked him out of Where, where were you? Where was your phronesis? Suffering for nothing. How did you enter the bus? You just went headlong. The first bus you saw, it was going my trail. And you entered. Is it my trail or two? I don't know who joined. He just entered and they carried him. Then they started pounding him. Now you say, if you had done Kurababa before you entered the bus, yeah, if you had done that before entering the bus, why you're going Kurababa, Shandalaba, you want to enter higher? You say, go, go, not this one. Hallelujah. He said, you shall hear a voice behind you saying, stop. This is the way. Walk in. Hallelujah. Glory. Amen. Refuse to get into that situation in your life. I said wisdom is a force. That's phronesis. Hallelujah. You still there? All right, you know we're rounding this thing off now. Counsel from within. Counsel, counsel. Counsel. Peter said, the Spirit bade me go. The Spirit bade me go. Can we be that acquainted with the Spirit? Now, the Spirit of wisdom does something also, which is so beautiful. He can take over our faculties. God, oh, this is a beautiful part of it. It's beautiful. Beautiful. He can take over our faculties and make statements of wisdom, guide us through revelation. Now, let me, let me explain this to you because it's so important. If you read in, in the book of Ezekiel, a few several places, you find Ezekiel says he was praying. All right? And he says, The Spirit entered into me and set me on my feet. He didn't say the Spirit talked to me and asked me to stand up. The Spirit, he knew it was the Spirit of God that was moving him. Can we know it's the Spirit? Can we be so yielded to the Holy Spirit 
that we know that as we are walking down somewhere, we are walking by the Spirit? Do we know when we're in the Spirit? John said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And I heard him say it unto me. He heard the voice of God. He was in the Spirit. You can be in the Spirit. And this is one of those things that the Spirit of Wisdom can do for us. It can take over our faculties and minister to us and through us that way. And these are not things that are expected to happen just by chance. No. The things that the Spirit of God wants us to, for example, when I was teaching and I got to a point where I talked about the ears and the word, okay, suddenly I became aware that the Spirit of God had started talking, okay, and that he was in charge of whatever I was doing now. You get it? So I knew, even though I said, okay, is there anybody who's deaf in one ear? Now, that was no longer me just wanting to do something. It was the Spirit. I was being prompted by the Spirit. And I was conscious. I knew that I was being prompted by the Spirit. But I didn't tell you that. Okay? I didn't tell you that. Now, before I began to minister to them, I felt the power of God like I would feel it many times. I felt it. I felt it strong in my right hand. You say, what, what does it feel like? Well, I can't tell you that today. But I felt it. Okay? So I knew the anointing to heal was also present. Can you see that? Even though I didn't tell you. But I knew. And so I went ahead. Now somebody can do the same thing and get no result. Why? Because he was doing what he thought to do, different from what the Spirit of God was leading, guiding. Now when I preach or teach, I give my faculties to the Spirit. So apart from sharing with you, being inspired, many times I will speak as the Spirit gives utterance. You see that? And then while I'm looking at you, I'm looking in the Spirit. So I'm aware of myself here, but I'm aware in the Spirit. Now this is what, this is what the Word of God is teaching us that we can function by the spirit of wisdom. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I said, thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Ho, 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 ho. Hallelujah. Londa griha satrahashta. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. It's important. I'm going to pray for you in a moment, okay? I think I should pray for you. Amen. Yes, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. Thank you, Lord.
May God's wisdom function in your life. I pray for you that from today you will experience a greater move of the Spirit in your life like never before. The guidance of the Spirit of God, the manifestation of the Spirit of wisdom. Yes, in your daily life, in your job, in your business, in your family, in your personal work with God, everywhere you go, oh, that the wisdom of God will be manifested in your life. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 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 Don Shalamanda Crystal Abandra Dishalamangri Bosi Pratala Bayeda Lamonsha. Landa la Kubra Talamatizo Bradohosha. Libra Catalamando Boshinda la Bahasa La Ronda la Gira Bahasa Ramanda. Limbra de la Bago Shalabanda. La Conza Rabanda la Gira de Bahashata. Lingro sobra de la mande, lingro longo shalamande, lingro basho na la bakadi na bahida, rada da bondo sabra di la kasonja la mande, rakosa brahasa de gista, ranja la mande de gisa brahashta. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise the Lord. This week. My prayer for you you walk in victory you walk in prosperity you walk in faith in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ the word of God will produce results in your life Thank you, Lord Jesus. Everything you put your hands upon to do will prosper. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Favor on the right hand. Favor on the left. Favor everywhere you go. In the name of Jesus. Yes, as you bear witness of the Son of God. As you proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Everywhere you go, sinners will be converted to Jesus. Through you, men shall know that there is a God in heaven. And they will believe in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are blessed in the name of Jesus. You are blessed in the name of Jesus. You are blessed in the name of Jesus. No weapon fashioned against you shall prosper. No evil shall befall you. No plague shall come nigh your dwelling. A thousand shall fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come nigh you. For the hand of the Lord is upon you. The glory of God is on your life. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
Thank him again, everybody. Worship him and thank him. The message you've just heard was produced by the Lovell Tape Ministry. For more information, please contact Lovell Tape Ministry. Post office number 13563. Email address cec at christembassy.org or better still, you can find us on the web www.christembassy.org. God bless you.